welcome back. So if you haven't listened to our first episode, please go check it out. You can find it literally anywhere. We spent a lot of time trying to figure out what platforms you guys listen on and how to get it there. Um, If you do listen on Google Podcasts, it turns out that it takes like 24 hours to get it on there. So if you do like listening on Google Podcasts, just uh, please wait. It'll definitely be there when it's there. Google really doesn't make any guarantees or promises. All right, so for those that have listened to the first episode, thank you so much. Our first episode got 50 unique listeners in five different countries. Um, So naturally, the United States got the most, and then we had Germany, India, Singapore, and England. And so shout out to all the states in the United States that got, um, or I should say, that listened to us. Um, So that's Kansas, Virginia, Texas, Oregon, Missouri, Ohio, Michigan, Washington, Florida, and New Jersey. So coast to coast, north to south, people are getting on board with the waggle. Also, shout out to our 10 Instagram followers. Ooh, what up? And I, I, I can't figure out how many people. 47 followers on Facebook. Nice. Yeah, dude. That's very exciting. We definitely are excited about the initial interest that you guys have shown in our podcast, and we hope that the next episode will at least get 50 followers and maybe more. Um, If you think that someone would like our content, go ahead and uh, press that share button, send it out to your your aunt, your your mom, your uncle, whoever, whoever, friend, you got a cat that really likes to listen to podcasts, your boss. Your boss, yeah, yeah. Maybe your boss needs some perspective. <laughs> I, I think literally any person that works for another person would agree that their boss could use at least a little perspective. So, um, if you guys haven't been over to our website, be sure to head on over to our website because we just dropped some new merch. We got our face masks up there now. Yeah. Um, so you guys can protect yourselves from the pandemic. And also while looking at them, they're fancy masks. They're the, there's a little black pocket in there that you can put a filter in. So if you guys want to combine your N95 with our mask, uh, you can, I think you can do that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it, if it helps or not in terms of anything, but uh, it gives you peace of mind and perspective. <laughs> That's so great. So speaking of merch, <laughs> speaking of merch, uh, don't forget to check out the climate change merch that we dropped on the last podcast. Um, we've got the uh, climate change is real beanie. I think that's what's up right now. There aren't flip flops. We can't. We, they wouldn't make it. Let us make the template for it because it's not summer. Apparently, we think that's dumb. I've been wearing flip flops all winter long, um, so that's me. The election happened. Yeah, the election happened, and I should say that more than the election happened. Like the 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 terminal part of the election happening. He the, he got inaugurated. We're interested in your thoughts on that. Do you? Do you like him as a president? Do you hate him as a president? Have you been following what he does as a president um, or has been doing? Um, If you haven't, 
that's fine. If you have, uh, just to start to introduce this topic, we're going to be talking about sources. And so if you were trying to figure out where to get good information on what's happening in any of the branches of the government, um, each of those branches has their own website that is curated by them. Um, and so there's whitehouse.gov, and I think it's congress.gov, and I think it's also supremecourt.gov. Um, it's really surprising that they were able to get those, especially, you know, with the internet expanding on that, right? Wag, <laughs> whitehouse1.com. Um, but no, it, it's, it's, uh, whitehouse.gov. And if you're interested, so anyway, all, all of the stuff's out there. That, um, we definitely use .govs and when we find sources for things and we will have future episodes on government and its functions and, uh, things in that regard. I know that's one of top topics that Drew really cares about and is passionate about um, discussing um, because there's a lot of uh, people have a lot of opinions when it comes to constitutionalism and being um, what's the what's the term where you are maybe a fundamentalist is that the strict constitutionalist co- constitutionalist yeah, yeah yeah a strict constitutionalist you know like reading the words exactly as they are no um, further interpretation yeah interpretation no further interpretation of that so anyway but that's definitely going to be uh something that we talk about um so this episode is about sources and actually this episode is going to be the introduction to a little mini series so every week for the next like three weeks we're going to be dropping a little mini sode um which is more of a um focused thing where we're not going to have as much pleasantries. We're not going to introduce the topic as much. We're just going to jump straight into it and talk about it for maybe 15 to 20 minutes. And so this this specific episode is just going to be a discussion. We're not necessarily going to be coming at this um, in terms of the regular um, rhythm that we had set out. We're, we're going to talk about some philosophers. We're going to talk about some things, but we are not going to be following a very, really strict thing. We got a lot of notes that people didn't like that. Um, that wasn't something they were looking for. They wanted a discussion. So uh, we're going to discuss, right? Yeah. And uh, hopefully hopefully you all respond to that. Uh, you guys like it, and we'll see um, what you guys think. Ooh, um, I almost forgot interesting news. Uh, we're going to drop a Patreon. Yeah. That Patreon's coming Patreon. out. It's 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 coming out fast and we're excited about that. Um, we're interested to see what sort of initial interest we've ha- we have there. Um so joining our Patreon, joining the website. Um make sure if you haven't joined the website as a member, um once you're a member, you can fill out a, a survey and get a coupon to the store um to get some cool merch. So yep, we've got hats and masks and we're, we're almost to a four wardrobe um eventually i probably after a year of doing this i think we're probably going to have several lines of clothing <laughs> that are available so to clarify a little bit you don't have to join both the patreon and the website if you just want to sign up for one or the other uh getting like supporting the patreon gets you onto the website for the member section of the website. Yeah. So don't feel like you, so if you joined, let's say the ad free member on the Patreon, we will add you as a member to the site as well. And you'll get an email that says, Hey, you know, sign in with your email or whatever. Um, but that will, since that is a manual process right now, give us about like, you know, 24, 48 hours to get your membership in there and we'll, we'll get you, get you set up. That's a very, very important point. That's what I'm here for. 
So the sources episodes. So um, one of the different mini episodes. So next week's going to be um, how to pick your sources. It's kind of like a little master class on um, sources you should listen to for the specific information that's relevant to the topic that you're listening to. So don't go to cooking sites for political information and vice versa. What is a trustable source? Uh, that's going to be an entirely, uh, that's going to be its own thing. How did it, so let's say that you found a new piece of, a new source, a new piece of information, and you want to verify that information somewhere else. We're going to talk about that, cross-referencing things. Um, let's say you heard like this really crazy thing, like the president is going to save us all from pedophiles. Like maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but I think we should at least check one more source to see if that's true yeah. um, or not. And then conflict of interest right? Are the sources that you trust trustworthy? And conflict of interest isn't necessarily bad, but I don't know that I would trust Facebook's opinion on Facebook's ability to do things <laughs> or Google's opinion to curate uh, searches fairly. That's, they're just not an opinion that you should trust. Maybe I would look at not a competitor either because Yahoo's example of how Google's doing is probably not going to be accurate either. We would need a third-party site that doesn't benefit um, from Google doing better or worse. They would just give you their unbiased opinion, which is the the goal, or unconflicted opinion um, in this example. So yeah, those are going to be the three episodes over the next three weeks every Monday. So this episode... Um, hopefully today is the, whatever Monday is, <laughs> let me look. 26. The 26th. Are you sure? Today's the, the 23rd. Today's the 23rd. It's 25th. 25th. Yeah. So if you're listening to this on the 25th, <laughs> um, the next episode is going to be the first, the next episode is going to be the first and then the, uh, the eighth and the 15th and then the 22nd as well. Um, we'll be, and the 22nd is not going to be mini. So that'll be our next episode. Um, so yeah, so let's jump into it. Yeah. Are you ready to jump into it or do you have things that you wanted to say? No. Or no. So I think one of the things that we wanted to talk about in this that we weren't going to necessarily do an episode on is social media. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think recently people have been using social media as a news source. And while social media can purvey news for us, can go get it, like if I follow CBS or Fox or CNN or uh anybody marcus dio i can't pronounce his name he's on tiktok he's a really great guy uh I'm, we're definitely gonna give you a shout out in the blog or something okay. <laughs> uh, i'll get your name hold on we're gonna edit this de paula marcus de paula so if you're interested in marcus he's he's a great news source if you're interested in um unbiased i think he's rather unbiased um definitely um yeah, I think he's unbiased. I think he does a good job of just presenting his facts. Every once in a while, he'll like laugh at something that he thinks is funny, but I think it's it's a genuine reaction. It's not like he thinks it's funny because, you know, his enemy fell down. He thinks it's funny because, you know, they fell down in the first place. Um, so, yeah, so Facebook. So sources, so getting back to it. So sources have, um, sources can exist. Sources of information can exist on social media, but we have definitely seen memes or people sharing Twitter posts as legitimate so, news. As legitimate news, right. And so it's like, so-and-so said this. Okay, well, what makes them a source on that news? Or maybe somebody's a you know, previous officer of the government. I, I, 
I don't know if I can stress this enough. Would you trust a previous anything to do anything? So let's just say that you had a doctor that was previously employed at a hospital, right? But they're not presently employed at a hospital, but they're telling you that the surgery that they're about to perform, they had done before previously at a hospital. Now, granted, you're having this discussion in their living room or whatever sort of office maybe they've rented out. I don't think you would trust that person. So why are we trusting previous officers of anything other than giving their opinion on what had happened before. And it's good to have that perspective. Maybe they're doing a tell-all and saying that working at that place was really shitty. Well, that's that's fine. But maybe it's changed since they've left. How long have they been gone? Maybe, you know, they for example, I I think I've seen at least recently a couple a couple people in the Obama administration or a couple people in the Clinton administration. I'm like, "Are you kidding?" What are you talking about? Get out of here. <laughs> like, there, there, there just might not be a relevant source. Now, granted, they're uh, a name that you recognize, so you might trust what they're saying, but they might not be the most informed on that topic. So make sure that we're finding or that we're listening critically to sources that are both trustable, that you trust, and then as well, they're informed because if they're not... You have to be both in order to be a good source of information. You have to both be <laughs> relevant and informed. So another thing that I think we heard about was censorship. Yes. And that's I th- been a big one recently, I feel. Right? Yeah. Um, so if I walk into Walmart, right, and I start making a speech, right, it doesn't matter what it is. Let's say I'm just like saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Actually, that's a good one. I'm reciting the Constitution. Very patriotic things to do. Does Walmart have the right to kick me out of their store? Sure. Now, hold on. What if I wasn't doing anything? What if I just walked in and I just walked into their store? Do they still have the right to kick me out of their store? Absolutely. Well, isn't that discrimination? No. No. Why? Why is that? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a private business. Oh, oh so, so they, can deny, they can deny business to whoever they want to, right? Correct. Now, if a certain business starts denying business to an entire groups of people based upon something that's protected by the constitution, whether that's their religion, um, their gender, their sex, their disability, and, or I should say their ability, um, and their, uh, skin color. That's, that's the thing. (laughs) That's it. Um, but the single instance of that person being ejected from the store is not discrimination. I don't know if I could stress that enough. So let's say you walk up to Starbucks, right? And you walk in and the management doesn't want you there anymore. Yeah, you're right. That They might be being prejudiced. They might even be being racist, right? In doing that. But like, it's a private company. They have the right to do that. They have the right to damage their their reputation with their customers. And so I, I don't think it's advisable for Walmart or Starbucks, anybody, for them to kick people out. Sure. I don't think that's advisable, but at the same time, it's all about their justification. So, for example, there you've seen plenty of videos, and they're truthfully just Walmart videos, of people just not wearing a mask in Walmart. And so they're like, you have to leave. It's against our policy. And they're like, well, it's not a federal mandate for me to wear a mask. You're, you're absolutely right. But you know what is a federal mandate? A federal mandate is says that private businesses own the building that you're in and that the private business can do any action. That that private business private business can put up armed guards, a f- like a, a proper military force in front of their building. They can do that. That's what a security guard is. Basically, you put eighteen security guards in front of a building, and and instead of calling it Walmart, we just call it a bank, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's not. It doesn't have to be. 
I don't understand where this this concept coming comes from where the only people that can tell you what to do is the federal government. If you want that, you want communism. And if you want cap if you want capital places, or I should say ca- any any of the isms that isn't capitalism, I should say. Because if you want capitalism, that means that private businesses have the ability to enforce their own basically their own laws while you're on their land. And that's actually the same as as landowners as well, if you come on my land or if I come on your land, you have rights that protect you from any legal repercussion if I decide to assault you, if I decide to attack you, if I try to do anything and you're on my land, I have a, I have a legal high ground. Now, granted, I might not win because all of a sudden like you walked on my land and I like beat you with a bat. You're right. <laughs> I might not, I might not win, but there's definitely going to be a question of why were you on the land in the first place? And because there's that, that dissonance, that legal distance there, um, it creates that place where people can, or businesses or homeowners, ha- I should say, just have just have a legal high ground to be able to say, no, I'm kicking you out, or no, get out of here. Actually, the easiest one is, no, you're on my land, please leave. Um, and they have the right to call the police to tell you to leave. Right. Um, your driveway counts. The sidewalk, this, the you know, the, people talk about sidewalks being public areas. Um, I understand that there that can be, but it's not always. So some sometimes there's that place in between the street and the 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 sidewalk called an easement, right? And you don't own the easement. You have a right to take care of it and sort of stuff. It's kind of like mineral rights to your land. You have rights to it, but some people own their sidewalks. And knowing whether or not you own your sidewalk, I think is really important when you buy a house to know whether it's an easement or not, because then that decides whether or not if you shovel your sidewalk, if you don't shovel your sidewalk and somebody slips on it and you don't own it, well then yeah, you might be liable. But if you own it, then, and someone walks on it, you're right, they they hurt themselves and that's really unfortunate, but they came on your property and that's really unfortunate. Um, Now granted, Legally, it, it it depends on the specific state. A lot of states might say, ah, uh, well, just because most sidewalks are easements, we're going to treat yours as if it was an easement and you need to shovel your sidewalk, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. We went down a rabbit hole there. Big rabbit hole. But it doesn't matter. Walmart. Yeah, so bringing it back. So Walmart can can forcibly remove you from the premises of the store if – you are doing something against the store's policy. So similarly, websites, specifically social media websites, can, if you violate their policies, remove you from them. And it's and, not censorship? And it's not censorship. Hold on. I have freedom of speech. I can speech wherever I want, right? That's what freedom of speech means? Sure. But but it's you can say whatever you want, not wherever, that thing wherever you want. Because you can't yell fire in a busy area because that incites a, a incites, thing but you yeah. can yell fire i can go in the forest and yell fire i can go even out in my neighborhood and yell fire and as long as i don't incite panic yeah. then i'm legally allowed to do whatever i'm doing and that's the same thing with violence if i if i'm using hate speech or if i'm trying to incite if i'm speaking freely freedom of speech whatever and all of a sudden that that speech results in violence even if my specific language wasn't calling for violence but it was my speaking that resulted in violence mm-hmm. i incited violence yeah i think that's important when we're discussing something that rhymes with insurrection <laughs> like it doesn't matter 
it doesn't even matter if he if he said specifically break this window or that window since he said let's march down to the capitol and tell them how we feel and he was aware of how they felt because they were cheering it during his speech mm-hmm. then it sounds like by at least the definitions that we've developed in this conversation and these are commonly held definitions that he incited a riot at the very least at the very least and to use a, a counter example um there was a pretty famous march on washington sometime when was that 19 1960 something 1960 something and there was this guy uh, this, yeah, this one guy who was like hey let's go do this because we need to let them know how we feel mm-hmm. and they did they walked down there they showed up they told them how they felt and then everybody just kind of hung out, and then they left. Right. And so, hold on. Did those people have a lot of anger? I would hope so. I, I, I think they did. They probably did have a lot of anger. And what do you think was the fundamental difference between that specific march that we're talking about, right? We're just going to say it proudly, the March on Washington, right? <laughs> that, that specific march, what was different about that march versus this, I'm going to call it a well, um, we're, we're not calling it anything other than this, this insurrection. I would say the fundamental difference is that the March on Washington happened in a organized fashion where everyone's anger was channeled towards a specific goal. And they knew through their leadership that the only way to get their goal accomplished was to do it peacefully and to say, hey, this is what's going on, this is how we feel, this is what needs to change. And they knew that if they were going to be violent about it, there would be resistance from the people in power and there wouldn't be any progress towards their goal. I very much agree. And I think that you hit on a very specific point is that their leadership informed them of how they should be behaving within that march and actually in every march because the and I'm not saying that the civil rights movement went smoothly by any regards. Yeah, so let's but talk there about were that. definitely some very. You know, go ahead. You know, oh, you can't you can't just say that they they did it all peacefully because there definitely were some outliers. There was violence, and not all of it was instigated by you know the leadership institutions. Right, institutions. Right, right. Some of it was actually instigated by the people trying to accomplish the thing, and. While that unfortunately does happen, in this specific example, those were the outliers to the cause. But for the majority of it, it was peaceful demonstrations. So that's a good point. And I think that we should jump into that a little bit, is how do we know who's an outlier, right? Because I think we've seen a lot of protests that have happened, um, especially this last year, Mm -hmm. and we're focused on the protest or we're focused on the outliers right where there were all of these people arrested for doing damage all of these people arrested for doing these things but we never really compare that to the number that were there so there was uh let's say a protest of you know ten thousand people but then a hundred people were arrested i think those numbers should speak for themselves and just say that largely i mean if you ten thousand we saw what like a couple thousand people can do in in uh a in a riot this you know the where where george george floyd was concerned in terms of the many different cities that mm-hmm. had marches and protests now granted there was that target but 
Yeah, but see, when you talk about it as that target, that's how you know it's an outlier. Right, right. Because I because I said that target. It wasn't all targets or it wasn't the entire block. It was a specific building. And, and it was a specific buildings in series of places. But that's how you know how isolated these events were. Because if they were larger, they were burning down the entire city. You're right. That might be representative of the entire protest. Mm-hmm. But it's not. Now, I understand. You might say, well, they're only covering the outliers. Well, you're right. Have you ever have you ever watched a protest? Have you ever showed up actually real quick? Have you ever showed up to a protest, right? Like 90% of the time it's not very exciting. You're standing around. Now granted you're excited because it's about the cause, but you're standing around and you're doing a chant and you're like in people's way, but there's really no exciting stuff that happens mm-hmm. unless there's conflict. Mm-hmm. And so, so like the 7 hours of the day where people were just eating sandwiches and 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 hanging out and protesting and supporting their cause probably even telling stories about why they're there and who they are. I mean, if you've ever been to these things, I mean, they're really cool people that you meet. And it doesn't even matter what side that you're on, but the the cameras want to point to the conflict. Yeah. And to maintain our uh, goal of talking about things from all all perspectives, we can talk specifically about one that wasn't just outliers. If you want to look at how we know what what went down with burning specific buildings versus burning a whole city, you can look at the Rodney King riots. They were actively trying to burn down L.A. because of injustice. And obviously, that was the wrong thing to do because they didn't accomplish what they were trying to accomplish. Right. And actually, I think you you said it when you literally said it. Uh, you called it a riot and you called it riots, right? You didn't call it the riot, riot protest thing that happened, right? Yeah. Because it wasn't unclear. It wasn't muddy whether or not they were riots or whether they were protesting. They were obviously riots. And I'm not saying that they weren't justified or anything, but I'm just saying to clearly label them what they were, mm-hmm. they were definitely riots. I very, I, th- I think that's a very strong point. I definitely um, I think that's a smart distinction. And in the same way that we're talking about the the insurrection at the Capitol in the same way, it was very obviously an insurrection. Now, granted, people are trying to, to define if the insurrection was a riot or the, the we're trying to put it down, but no one's calling it a protest. <laughs> like no one's going so low to call it a peaceful demonstration at all because it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that there were the outliers were those that were being peaceful. I've definitely seen videos of people doing things peacefully, people like getting there and then realizing the gravity of their action and then saying, holy now what? What do we what do we do now? Sure, we stormed the Capitol, but like even let's just say that they succeeded for a hot second. So cool. They murdered all the senators and all the congressmen, and there they are sitting. What next? Are they just gonna walk back down to Pennsylvania and right. ask and ask the orange man what to do next? Right. Right? Because Orange Man's not gonna know what to do. He's gonna be like, holy sh- you guys just like took out a branch of the government and he was like, oh, I'm going to seize power. Like, are you kidding? I don't know. I think there's a lot of people that think that the military would just all of a sudden like be fine. But I don't think that that I think that the Joint Chiefs would just kind of be like, woof. Yeah. So since there was a very obvious successful attack on the entire legislative branch, <laughs> um, I think we're going we're gonna to martial law for a hot second. And that's what I think would have happened if it was successful, if an actual legislator was attacked. Um, but I think while people talk about how poorly, um, how poorly it looked, and because from our perspective, we look at that and we see it as unsuccessful because the building should be impenetrable, right? Mm-hmm. Now, 
and I can totally understand the the way the police respond. They wanted the response. They didn't like what happened uh, the previous in November with uh, a strong police presence and looking militarized. And, I, and so I, I listened to the mayor. And the mayor's like, "We're not doing that again." And so they looked underprepared. But if we look at the results of their actions, I it almost it almost looks like they responded appropriately, right? And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that the, the the killing of anybody at a protest is is justified. But if you look at the actions that the people that died took, they actively were threatening the legislators. They were right. like in the room. The people that shot them were not Capitol Police. It was Secret Secret Service. Right. Like they they were through many lines of defense. And I think that that displays what. The objective was the objective wasn't to protect the Capitol building. The objective was to protect the senators. Mm -hmm. And I think that as people that live in America, I don't think we're used to seeing law enforcement protect people over property. I think we're used to seeing them standing in front of property and saying, no, you're not going to bust down this target or you're not going to, you're not going to break into this bank and you're not going to loot, but we're not used to seeing them standing in front of a group of people. Right. And because that's all they did. Because not a single legislator was hurt, right? I mean, I I, th- I think the hurt came from them scurrying out of the room, <laughs> sort of thing. But like, I think, I think, and this might not be a an popular opinion, but I think that the police might have, for maybe the first time on live television, responded in a way that did not escalate the situation, and. While we look at that and we say, well, but they let them into the Capitol building. You're right. But like was any was anything that people hold dear historically hurt other than their pride? Right. Right? Because pride is one of those great things that after a really good speech you have again. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's uh, it's not like you know, the constitution was hurt or harmed because if they really, it really doesn't make sense because like, why not? These people are tearing down the government. The constitution defines the government that's running right now. If they didn't like it, why didn't they go to burn the constitution? Right. They were in the room, right. saw the videos. They're standing right next to it. I don't, I don't get it. Now, like people could say, oh, maybe it was lowered into the bunker. Maybe it wasn't like, I, <laughs> I don't know, man, but I, I, I would I would have been more interested to see people with crowbars trying to get out that constitution, trying to burn it up, because that taking that away takes away a lot of heat, I think, because in and when and when I say that I mean it burning the constitution or burning documents like that is such a destabilizing act that I think if that was successful, you're right. You would have had cities themselves erupt in violence because they would have been so angry at that violation. Mm-hmm. Either side, you would have you would have had the the alt right, the white supremacists rising up, saying, "Yeah, that's a victory for us." And then you'd have the you know the the strong left just saying, "Whoa, no, that's right. not how this works. That's a you know big deal. This is an insurrection. We need to protect America." Sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really don't understand. When you go all the way patriot, where you end up burning down your own country, <laughs> I just I don't get it. Um, <laughs> for people that are patriotic, I, I really don't understand. Now I can understand where people are like you know because if you go to the point that you're burning down the country, you're no longer a patriot, right? Right. I think that because you said, well, I want to protect the America that I love. Well, if the America that you love isn't the America that that you're living in, then the America that you love is a different country, 
Yeah. Literally a different country with different people running it. And it has different things and different laws and different rules. And that's, you know, if that's what you want, that's fine. I'm pretty sure that's in the Constitution that you have the right to do what you did. But the thing is, is when you do an insurrection and you're successful in it, typically the successful people pardon the people that did all of the killing. (laughs) But if you're like, if you half-ass it, and you don't have enough people, and not enough people show up, and you don't prepare properly, you're going to end up with what happened. Now, I'm not saying prepare better, Jesus Christ, but (laughs) I am saying that insurrections only work when you're successful. And I know that might be an obvious statement, but everybody that participated in it absolutely should be held accountable to the law, because that's the law. We don't just decide to, and or I mean, in some cases we do, but we shouldn't, just decide to let laws go by because the person did something that we agree with. Right. Sort of thing. So, I mean, you have sentences that get reduced. So, for example, you have the guy that was, you know, the bank's getting robbed. And so the guy whips out a gun and, and shoots one of the bank robbers, right? You're, you know, thank you for saving people's lives. But unfortunately, you're getting tried for manslaughter, mm-hmm. right? Because the law is we just don't kill people. And I understand that people are like, well, that's pretty, that's fucked up. I don't like that. Right, I want those people to be protected. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Make laws that do that. And there are laws. We we've done that for. Um, I th- I think a, f- a few of them. They're called uh, stand your ground laws, stand your ground states. But there are some states that don't have stand your ground. And then in the same way, those same laws that protect CPR um, people, that people that start CPR, you have the right to stop CPR. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's a big deal to stop, right? Because you started giving life-saving treatment and then you took it away. Technically, you're the killing force at that point because you entered yourself into the equation. But that's kind of a messed up way to look at that situation as well. But nonetheless, like that's how it was legally looked at. Um, so sources and perspective. I think we've done a really good job of pr- approaching um, this insurrection, the election, um, and freedom of speech a little bit from a few different perspectives. And I think one of the sources, if you wanted homework, go look and see what free speech is protected. Find out exactly, exactly what's protected. Can you say anti-Semitic things in free speech? Don't think you can, because mm-hmm. it's called hate speech. Right. Um, go ahead. I was going to say, you can't find that in the Constitution, though. You're going to have to familiarize yourself with the U.S. Code, because uh, that's where all the actual laws are written. Oh, really? The Constitution is, is a great great piece of legislation but it doesn't it covers everything but it doesn't give specifics on everything so we've put all of our real legislation into this great volume called the u.s code interesting so like where do i get this this u.s code business Uh, you can find it on the library of congress's website it's there for free in pdf version does it get updated or is it like just like super old it gets updated um every two years I think is what I is what the the thing is. Either right every two years or every six years, I really can't remember. And so, do I have to have like a special program to open this, or does it just? Nope. Is it it's, like it's a PDF? It's use. on the browser. Yep. Oh, that's crazy! That's crazy! So I can just like go look up a law, and like like I can like control F through it, and then like see what the federal law is. Absolutely. Now, do states have this exact same thing? I would assume so. I think they do. Um, <laughs> and so, but, but which one, which one trumps which? So what if I, that's a funny word. Um, <laughs> w- uh, w- w- which one trumps which? So if there's a state law that conflicts with a federal law, which one wins? It depends. I'm in this state. 
let's say I'm in the state and I committed the crime in the state. Oh, well, then it's definitely the state laws that you're answering. It trumps the federal one, yeah. right? So, like, for example, let's say marijuana is federally legalized, but in my state it's not. Can I still be um, tried? And you're right, you can, but it's never, it couldn't be a felony, right? Correct. Because it's not federally illegal. Mm. It would be a state crime. Yeah. And there are state crimes, and there's a bunch of rules around state crimes and whatnot. Um, like speeding is a state issue, or parking is a state issue. I mean, traffic crime is actually all, I believe, handed by the state. I don't think there are federal, I think yeah. Grand Theft Auto might be the only one that's yeah. a federal mm-hmm. crime in that regard. Yeah. But if you are getting pulled over, and you just happen to live in a place where you're right next to another state and you're like, oh, I just need to pull over. Make sure you don't pull over into the next state because then you're crossing state lines. And yeah, and you've made it a federal a issue now. Yeah. Now, granted, like the, the they don't they don't have to try it as a felony, but they do have the option. Yeah. You sped and went to another state, <laughs> right? Like it, it sounds silly for those people that live next to a state line and a lot of cops that definitely enforce near state line aren't um, trying to or definitely don't make an effort to, to, to do felonies in that regard. But if you've got a warrant out, man, I would stay away from state line. Yeah, That's a real easy place to get picked up <laughs> because, oops, I just – cigarettes are cheaper over there. You know, the gas is cheaper. I just hop over there real quick. Whoa. Your bench warrant all of a sudden went from bench to active and that's a – unfortunate thing so let's talk about getting back to our thing let's talk about so we've talked about how to get information yeah right but what about disinformation what is actually mm-hmm. let's talk about what what is that mm-hmm. because i've seen i personally have seen disinformation shared which is it's information that just isn't true but presented as true right it's literally like a lie some might say (laughs) but i that seems like a alternative facts i think was a term of the previous administration um it's just kind of an odd thing where you have your truth because it's interesting i i've i've heard a few different ways of of people describing conflicting information as yeah, that's that's just my truth. That's just an alternative fact. Uh, right. I'm not sure, but I, I would press people to just say, just where did you get it from? I'm just, I just want to know. Maybe I want to agree with you, and maybe you have information that I don't. But the thing is, is that most, actually, all disinformation doesn't have a source. It's just coming from a place of, of a person sharing their opinion as fact. Right, and that's where it becomes really damaging. Is us or them or whoever is giving out the information is giving out the information without a regard for it. And so the same thing is, is like when you share something, right, you're cooperating, cooperating, corroborating, there it is, that information. And that's something I don't think that we take into account. So when someone shares something, when they, they, they send you something and they're like, hey, I just saw this sort of thing, mm. well, them sending it to you might add validity to it. Oh, my son just sent this to me. I really trust my son. He's a smart guy. He went to school sort of thing. Or, um, you know, a loved one or a friend just sends you a piece of information. Now, some people have those loved ones where they send you information all the time and you're just kind of weary of the stuff that they see because you're really not sure what they follow on social media to get this, but Mm -hmm. they tend to have just a lot of weird stuff. Right. Um, For example, if anyone can tell me 
where the information is that Biden has Alzheimer's, I really want to know. I'm interested. I do biological research. I'm interested in that because maybe there's maybe he has Alzheimer's. Is he fit to be president? That's, I mean, that's a great question. Yeah. But if you have the source, share it. It's relevant information. Mm-hmm. People probably want to know that. But I bet, and I'm rather sure, that you don't have that source of information because it isn't information. It's just disinformation. It's a lie. It's something somebody made up because they wanted to have the intellectual high ground. Mm -hmm. Because if they can disqualify your entire person or your entire um, argument by saying that they're just unfit, plain plain and simple, then absolutely. It doesn't matter if Trump was better or Trump was worse. If your person isn't fit, then who cares? Right. I know it sounded like I was going to say something. You really did. I didn't I was, have anything. <laughs> and then it was just right. <laughs> and I was like, all right, right on. <laughs> so um, one of the podcasts that I listened to, um, they describe what they're drinking. Hmm. So I'm I'm drinking an Ethiopian coffee right now, mm. and I think it's pretty great. Nice. So if, uh, if you're ever in the Ethiopia or um, countries that trade with them, I would definitely recommend picking up yourself a... Uh, a good old fashioned fair trade bag of Ethiopian coffee. Oh, I was gonna say bad things about fair trade. Fair trade isn't actually good. What? Yeah, straight up. Get the, what? But it's fair trade. I understand. Are you telling me that that's disinformation as well? Yes. Okay. I understand where you're coming from, and most people have this view. But if you really look at fair trade as an organization, they are not as good as they claim to be. Well, is there a better alternative? Yeah, but you're not going to like it. Oh, no. What is it? Um, buying direct from the farmer? Going to the co-ops? Going to co-ops or buying from somebody who does have personal, personal in air quotes, because obviously things are run through companies, right. personal relationships with the farmers. Hmm. Yeah. So I should like buy local? Like Maybe I should like know the guy. I should go to farmer's markets, figure out where they get their coffee because like they sell coffee that way. Yes. Or just... Whoever you buy coffee from, mm-hmm. make sure you trust where they buy their coffee from. That's fair. Or maybe talk to them about it. Have the conversation where they source things. Yeah. Be a responsible consumer. Yeah. And if they're a responsible supplier, they'll have that available for you on their website. Right. In the same way that a lot of people, well, actually, I mean, it's like FDA or USDA now, where that you have to put the nutrition facts and the ingredients on there. They're just them being a responsible mm-hmm. um, manufacturer, distributor right. of food. Um, just having that information on there. And then I think they have like the website on things and how you can get that yeah. information. Man, look at us. All sorts of sources of information. This isn't even <laughs> stuff we plan on talking about. We're just like, hey, look, here's a source. Check it out. Here's a little tidbit since you were talking about ingredients list. Did you know in the UK, instead of like listing out like stabilizers by chemical name, they use E, e codes like E165 and stuff like that. So you can go to their database and like look it up. Yeah. So you don't have to like type in like the weird word. Yeah. You can just be like, I'm looking for E576. Yeah. Great. E576. And then I could just have like a list of numbers instead of a list of very similar sounding words to compare. And just like, I don't like anything with E576 in it. Now, while we're talking about E576, I just (laughs) have to look and see if that's a thing. Sodium glue... Gluconate. It's a sequestrant. It sequesters. <laughs> I think it takes out water, probably, if I had to guess. But yeah, there you go. So, fee- uh, 
I, I, I don't know if, if sodium gluconate is bad for you or not. Used in textile, dyeing, printing, metals. Uh, so you shouldn't eat it is what it sounds like. You say that. A steel surface cleaning agent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You say that. You say that. You definitely shouldn't eat that. But it's very water soluble. There's a. Uh, there's a lot of things you shouldn't eat that are in things, and I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But let's just say there's a popular cinnamon whiskey brand that has uh, antifreeze pro- in it. Propylene glycol. Yeah. yeah, propylene glycol. Probably the most. I think, like, if corn was the most manufactured thing, I think <laughs> propylene glycol might be second. Vanilla. <laughs> Any flavor ever, mm-hmm. always propylene glycol. It just binds really well. It binds really well. So just so everybody's all on the same page here, propylene glycol is used as a stabilizer. Sure, it's bad for you if you drink it as antifreeze, but that's not what you're doing. That's true. Right. Uh, using things as they are. So for example, aspirin is literally rat poison. They're the same thing. Um, but when you're taking it as aspirin, as prescribed by your physician, it's... It's an okay thing. Um, it's a good blood thinner. That's actually how it is rat poison, is it makes them bleed to death from the inside. So don't OD on aspirin. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. Probably. Probably not fun. Unless you're like into drowning. Maybe that's like one of your things. Never mind. I don't encourage anybody. You're not going to get a drowning sensation from it. You're just going to die. There's no sensation, no nothing. You're just going <laughs> to die. Should, should we take a quick break? I think we should take a quick break. Um, after these messages, yeah, yeah, listen to this. Yeah, I totally agree with those messages. Yeah, dog, those are some great messages. Yeah, I use all those things. Yeah, make sure to go to that website thing. Great. All right, so uh, to to, to get back onto what we were talking about, um, we were talking about sources and um how to um and how to right so. One of the things that we were talking about was the news cycle and getting um, uh, and how to trust it and look at sources that we were interested in and looking at talking about. So um, one of the things that I know people struggled with and are still struggling with is how do you keep up? Right. Right. How, how do I keep the most relevant information? You know, there's always it feels like there's always something happening, always something new. And that's a great question. Right. Um, and there are several places, actually places that you can listen to that update the information and you can listen to just the news without all of the the fluff. And I know, so NPR has one, it's called like news now, I think. And so you like, just, if you're interested and you just need like news on the hour, what's happening with an issue, they update that every hour or so. It's at least every hour, but sometimes more frequently uh, if things are actually happening, happening. But, um, so, but, but anyway, it's like a, like a five minute thing, something that I listen to just so I can you know, it's easy. It's quick. Um, right. And then there are other places that do that as well, other news platforms that will just put out um, just a little snippet of news so that you're not having to listen to the full report, the weather, the whole thing. Right. I just want to know what's happening internationally or I just want to know what's happening nationally or what's happening in the state. Is there a vote that happened today? You know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, I think the first way to keep up with the news is to know what news you want to follow um, and a great place to start perusing news is, I mean, people – people tend to keep up better with what they're interested in, right? So if you've heard about SpaceX and uh, new stuff with the um, with space travel, it's really great, but I bet you probably aren't paying attention to other things that are also happening. I'm not, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that people are interested in what they're interested in. Right. Um, so make sure that um, whatever you're listening to is it's a source that is um, 
has an interest in informing you in that information um, and being trustworthy and whatnot. Um, there, there, a lot, there are platforms that make money from um, conflict and usership. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's actually why we were talking about um, social media is that social media makes money from conflict in that they only make money when you're using their app. They only make money when you're um, doing, um, participating. Um, NPR doesn't make money if you listen to them. Um, they make money regardless of whether you listen to them. Um, the, f- the fact is is that they just take surveys and they have certain analysis that they do to, to see how large of a viewership that they have but or listenership that they have, but they are ad-sponsored. So their content is kind of prepaid for before. And so, the, so their entire um, platform is based upon ad revenue. So like in the same way that we don't get paid, at least right now, per um, you listening – but at the same time, regardless of what we say, right, we want you, hmm, I don't know. If you want to listen to us because we're saying something that you either agree with or something that is relatable. But I don't think that you would, that people would keep listening to us if we were just dishonest the entire time. We were telling you information that wasn't helpful. We were telling you information that, right, just that you, you didn't agree with and wasn't true. Like, that's mm-hmm. like both the, it's just bad. It's just it's just bad, plain plainly bad uh, marketing. Um, so the things that I do want to show you are things that are both factual and things that you want to hear about, which is why sports news don't really cover international events. Why? Because it's their job to cover the sports. Mm-hmm. In the same way that people that cover national events tend not to cover sports either. Um, however, you do see even the big news networks. Well, after they do the local news, they'll talk about the big game coming up or something because you're interested in it. They're doing their best to appeal to a broader audience. Um, and so those sources, you can be wary of those sources and just say, hmm, if they're appealing to a larger audience here, who's the larger audience that they're appealing to when they're giving me my news? Right. And to know who are they marketing to, the way that they're phrasing it, the information that they're including, the detail that they're including. Um, make sure when you listen to, let's say that you listen to Fox and you really like Fox, that's great. Well, maybe try to find that exact same story on CNN. And if it is told differently on CNN, then know that you shouldn't trust either of those places. They've now disqualified each other, right? Go to another news source. Go, maybe, maybe America isn't doing a good job of covering this news. Maybe go to the BBC. Right. Maybe, um, or if you want to see if America's doing a good job, check out the AP, right. Associated Press. Uh, Drew really enjoys the Associated Press because they are very, I think, pithy. <laughs> they they don't add a lot of fluff to their... Yeah, it's, I, I really enjoy them because it's just the story. There's no extrapolation on the story. It's just what you need to know about what's happening. Right. They're not going to like make you care about the issue. Like if you care about it, you're obviously caring about it. And if you don't care about it, then, then, then that's it. Yeah. Then you might not follow the issue. So um, one of the things that I think that all level of viewers is so you use social media the same way that you, you, I should say, use social media for news the same way that you use it for your friends. You don't befriend people that aren't your friends, or at least you shouldn't because that's weird. Um, but you do, you should follow news that you want to follow, if that makes sense, and then seek out news. So let's say that you heard about, you have a new friend, right? You don't like, 
or I guess some people do, but you don't wait for them to send you a friend request. If you want to be their friend, you send them the friend request Mm -hmm. and you have to search them and they're obviously not popping up because like it's a new friend. It's somebody you just met. Do that same thing with news. If there's a new news source that you've heard about or some something that somebody listens to and they're like, oh yeah, I heard that on the Associated Press, for example, you mm-hmm. might search the Associated Press and just follow them, right? Because at worst case scenario, you're going to gain some perspective mm-hmm. and diversify your sources. And so if you're scrolling on your timeline and then you see something from an extremely biased news source like Breitbart, right? And then you also see it on AP, while it is coming from Breitbart, and maybe you really like Breitbart, maybe it can be validated by the AP. Mm-hmm. And to say, oh, this news really is happening, and it's happening the way that Breitbart's saying it. And then the same way some people think the same of CNN as people do of Breitbart, absolutely, same thing. Check with AP, because AP, I I really don't know how they make their money in, because they're just, they don't do a good job of marketing. They don't do a good do, do a job of anything other than telling the news. Mm-hmm. And I think most of their money comes from the way that they feed the larger news stations because a lot of their, a lot of larger news stations follow the AP for the news because of yeah. how large they are and their ability to get their um, ear down on um, or their ear to the floor in the ground. Um, that doesn't make any sense. Their ear to the floor to listen to the news that's happening. But it's like the same way that people listen to Reddit. Reddit's the front page of the internet or whatever, right? right? Well, if Reddit's the front page of the internet, AP is the front page, <laughs> right? Like it right, is of, right. of any book, any anything. <laughs> they they have it first. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very um, few and far between that that someone else is breaking a story that AP isn't already kind of broken right um or have even talked about like you know i i have noticed in watching the ap especially over the past few months there's a lot of times well they'll they will push a headline and then when you go to look at the article it'll say story and development and kind of give you an overview of what's happening Right, because, hey, we're not sure what's happening. And then very commonly, they'll say where they're getting their sources from due to reports from law enforcement, yeah. due to reports from um, our reporters on the ground, due to reports, you know, and so it really gives you some context. It's like, oh, this is literally just observational reporting, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But, like, you know, to somebody standing on one side of a group of people isn't representative of the whole group of people. And it's good that they declare that. They're just like, hey, uh, yeah. this, this is what we know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. follow us or, or, you know, stay tuned for the rest of the story. Right. Um, but yes, I would say the number one thing that you can do to stay informed and keep track is to have a healthy following of diverse news sources. Even news source that you disagree with. Pick one. Pick your favorite news source that you think is absolute trash. Because I'm telling you, they will put out news that you care about. They will. Mm-hmm. And I'm not and I'm not saying that they're gonna put it out in a way that that you are interested in going to their site, but follow them so that way you can keep uh, uh, kind of a toe in the water. So like, let's say, for example, Parler, which has gotten a lot of n- news recently. If you're a, if you, honestly, if you are any race or anything, they're an extremist group, right? So mm-hmm. if anything, if I, if I was felt threatened by them, I would pay attention to them. I would at least watch them to see what's going on in right. Parler. So that way I can know if there's an attack coming on my city, I would be able to see, at least from a social media perspective, regardless of law enforcement's ability to stop it, I could say, oof, maybe I don't go downtown today mm-hmm. sort of thing. Right. And that would be at least, um, I would say, an extreme use of, 
of an alternative source, maybe you'll just find a different perspective and they'll present news in a way that you didn't realize that other people were caring about. Because I think that's a number, a big thing that um, I know that Republicans are feeling is they're, they're wondering where these 80 million Democrats are. Right. Right. Because Republicans for the, the past four years have been extremely vocal. They've been everywhere. They've been at protests. They've been doing things quite a lot. But where are the 80 million people that voted against? And that's why I think people think they, that they aren't there, that they're these fake people. But they're, they're not extremists. I don't think that the left as a majority is as extreme as the proportion of the right being right. as extreme. And when I say extreme, they don't have to literally be smashing buildings, but I just mean that they're out and they're vocal and they're protesting and they're having, and they're having rallies and they're excited and they're cheering for their president. Um, we, I think the fundamental difference is, is that politics isn't sports to Democrats. Whereas I think for the past four years, the Republicans have treated politics like sports Information comes in like sports. Mm -hmm. And so when new information comes in later than other information, it feels contradictory because we're looking at it as if it's a game and not information just being collected. Right. Um, and then the same thing with votes where all of a sudden 3 million votes came in as if someone made a move to make 3 million votes happen. Right. As opposed to, you know, levers were pulled, buttons were pushed <laughs> sort of thing. And I, I, I think that that level of mistrust is damaging. Mm -hmm. And I think that the only way to bridge that trust is to start listening to the alternative opinions, understand where to meet the people where they are and say, oh, this is where you fall on this issue. And this is where the people that I listen to fall on this issue. And that way, for some, some people can clearly see the distance between that gap and say, oh, there's a misunderstanding in this term. Right. Or there's a misunderstanding in this word. So let's let's work on redefining that word together because maybe it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. I think that that specific example um, for a lot of people has changed in terms of the difference between all lives matter and black lives matter. Because if so, if someone says black lives matter and someone responds all lives matter, well, sure, I will agree. All lives matter. Sure. But if you're using all lives matter in a way to say, no, not black lives matter, all lives matter. Now, now what you're saying is, is no, no, I would like to take away the emphasis from black lives mm -hmm. and put that emphasis on all lives. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, I don't think objectively anybody looking at lives are going to say that any life is worth less or more than another life. So doing so, so making the correction of no, all lives matter is kind of an odd point to make. And, and I think it comes from an odd point because it's just off. I would say it's off color. It's just, it's not quite, it's not quite the full statement of what you're trying. What it sounds like you're trying right. to say is that black lives don't matter. Right. I don't want to say that black lives matter because what about my life? Because right. maybe I'm not black. But that's, I think, the the fundamental point of movements like like Black Lives Matter and other movements is that it's not about you, it's about them. Mm -hmm. And if all movements, and if everybody just, like we were talking about before, if everyone just cared about their neighbor, 
right? Mm -hmm. Then there would be somebody caring about you because you're caring to the person to the left and the person to the right of you is caring about you. And so as long as everyone's caring about each other, then we're fine. Mm -hmm. But the second that one group decides to not care about the person next to them, then the chain's broken and naturally it continues on to a bunch of people that feel like they're not being cared about because there are, you know. Right. Links broken in the chain right. of friendship or <laughs> companionship are just civil civilization, right? Everyone has to participate if it doesn't for it to work. Right. And participating can mean voting, right? Participating can mean um, speaking up about issues that you disagree with. Mm-hmm. I think people that were very concerned about the validity of the election had an absolute right to be concerned. You should be concerned. And if you want an audit, that's fine. You just have to present evidence of why you want an audit. That's fine. But general mistrust isn't evidence. Mm-hmm. Just because you decided that you shouldn't trust something doesn't mean that it's it itself isn't a trustworthy thing anymore because you decided. If you made that choice without evidence. And if you have evidence to bring to your point, bring evidence to your point, convince other people you're passionate about it. Bring, bring sources to your argument because what's the point? Right. What is the point of arguing something if, if not to convince the other person of your point? And if, and if you care about it enough, you might as well bring a source so that they can, because it's the source that changed your mind. Right. I think before, just real quick, I think before this last election, right? Republicans, I should say in the in the 2016 election trusted the election. So what happened? Mm-hmm. What evidence what evidence did could they bring to say that it wasn't? Well, they could say voter fraud. Well, that's fine. Show me the evidence of voter fraud. And then the places where there was concern like Georgia that there was an audit. And actually the funny thing was is that like Georgia was so concerned about voter fraud prior to the election that they did all of these changes to like make sure that they could like back verify. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of, and, and uh, to the chagrin of most of Democrats, they didn't like that because it was making it hard for other people to vote right. in the thing. But nonetheless, like if anything, it hurt the Republican argument to not hurt, to to not trust the election, mm-hmm. and because of how very obviously trustworthy it was. Right. Right. So bring sources to your arguments. Yes. Because they help enforce your perspective. It's almost like this was a planned episode too. <laughs> so like we said this is a series in next week we'll be back with a master class on how to choose your sources both um, cable and radio and podcast digital whatever how to pick your sources which ones you should choose which ones you shouldn't choose and um yeah that'll be that so look for that next week on the first yes look for that next week on february 1st It'll be a mini-sode, so check it out. And be sure to subscribe to us on all of our platforms. So we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, mm-hmm. as well as you can follow us on our website and on the blog. And if you haven't joined the forum and you are interested in discussing points that we discussed today or previous ones, uh, get on there and discuss, mm-hmm. as well as follow us on your favorite streaming platform. Yeah. How are you listening to us? Are you on Are you on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, wherever you are, I'm, we're interested in where you're listening to us, how you're listening to us. We love it when you listen on our website. That's great. I mean, it's however you like listening to our podcast, just be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode because we 
understand that people like it when you post on a schedule, but schedules don't always work with everyone's <laughs> schedule. So we're, we're going to do our best to be on Mondays for sure. All of our podcasts will be out on a Monday, but it won't always be every Monday, but we'll definitely do one Monday a month. <laughs> but for sure, the next, all of the Mondays in February, there will be a podcast coming out. So check out our podcast and maybe maybe February we'll get our stuff together and we'll have podcasts for all of March too. <laughs> so uh, it just all depends on the listenership. If we have people, if people are engaged, if people are wanting more things, if people are adding to the content by asking questions, getting involved, then absolutely. It'll be very easy for us to make episodes because right now we're just addressing points that we care about and not even ones that you care about. Right. So give us something to talk about. We're, we're happy to talk about anything, just about anything. <laughs> We we will uh, definitely decide before just because uh, people say, oh, yeah, you guys should talk about this. We're not necessarily going to talk about it for a few reasons. One, if it is um, a, de- a divisive thing to talk about, like we're not going to defend anti-Semitism. Right. We're not going to defend white supremacy, but we will definitely talk about it. If we're interested in the origins, people are interested in where it came from, how it came from, discrimination. I'm interested. Discrimination is a really interesting thing to study. Like how did certain groups of people rise or come to power? It's really, it's really interesting to, to, uh, topic to talk about. And that might ended up being one of our uh, bonus episodes or something. Mm-hmm. So that'd be cool. Yeah. It'd be interesting. So <laughs> whatever you guys are interested in, um, yeah, hit us up in the forum. Um, send us a message on our website. Get involved. Be a member. There are 50 of you out there in five different countries. We know roughly where you live. So <laughs> just go ahead and give us a listen, yo. Yeah. So, so you, you give us a shout out. Definitely listen to this episode and future episodes. Share it with your friends. And uh, yeah. 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 Thanks for listening. Yeah. Love you guys. <laughs> really appreciate it. Wagland Beards is a bearded audio production.